we've got uh, a number of people that's uh, still sick and those that still don't don't feel like getting out yet because of the COVID and everything. So y'all just keep them in prayer. Uh, I think many of them are taking the vaccine and uh, I hope this vaccine works. And uh, they still don't know just a whole lot about it, but uh, anyway, we'll find out. Uh, <clears throat> but uh, I know that uh, we've got uh, Judy Wilson. I don't know if y'all remember her. She usually sits back here. She's been down in Canton for a while taking care of her parents. And uh, she's called us and talked to us and asked for prayer. She had to have a knee replacement done and uh, had a few problems after the knee replacement with a lot of swelling and stuff like that. But she is doing better now and she wants to thank everybody for their prayers. Uh, JB, he's back out of the hospital. Uh, he's in back at the nursing home and everything so y'all keep him in prayer and uh, he's still got a ways to go but uh, he's trying to get there and uh, of course I talked to Betty Luna the other day and uh, she is doing better believe it or not but she's you know says she didn't get out of nothing but she's got a daughter or granddaughter and great-grandkids kind of living there with her well Betty also got a touch of that uh, virus and, but she's doing good. They, they said that she's got over it. And, uh, but Betty just doesn't have an immune system. Anything she gets around, she catches. And that's just why she just really doesn't want to get out of the house. She says when she goes shopping, like for groceries, she just calls ahead, pulls up, they load in her car, and she leaves. So anyway, uh, we've got a number of people out there. Jerry and Linda Bowen, they're, they're doing good. Jerry's got all of his shots, and I'm assuming Linda does. And uh, so I guess it's just going to be a little bit matter of time to see how the shots work, if they work or what. And uh, so anyway, y'all just keep the church in prayer, keep the people in prayer. Uh, there's just so much going on right now. It's kind of why I put together kind of what I did here. Uh, I entitled my message, Don't Lose Faith. You know, God looks at faith. I mean, faith is very, very important to God. He looks at that faith. He says without faith that we cannot please Him. So we have to have faith in what God tells us, faith in His Word, believing that what God says He will do. And even in His Word, He says that's true. Over there in Isaiah chapter 55, He says, For my word shall not go forth from me, and return to me void, but they shall accomplish that which I sent them out to do. So God is telling us whatever he sends his word out to do, it will accomplish it and not return to him void. So when God tells you something, you can just count on it. Don't even have to check things out. If God said it, so be it. You know, it's just kind of like if God said it, then amen. You know, that's what amen means is so be it. And uh, every time we say a prayer, we say amen. We're saying, after that prayer, we're just saying, God, so be it. And uh, so, uh, but uh, in this day and time, I, I guess what, some of the people I've talked to, uh, 
funerals and different places or just kind of run into somebody. And I guess one of the first things they always want to, want to do is they know I'm a pastor. And they begin to ask questions. And most of these people, I'm glad they are because most of these people don't go to church. So this tells me at least they are thinking about some things that they need to be thinking about. And uh, one of the things that I have been asked is, do I truly believe that there is a God? Without a doubt, I believe there is a God. I have no problem with that at all. But some people say, you know, uh, I've, I've prayed and i prayed and I don't see any results. And I'll ask them a question. I said, do you have a relationship with God? Do you know God? Do you trust God? Do you have faith in God and what God says? And most of them, well, I don't know. I said, there's your problem right there. I said, you have to have a relationship. You have to believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is His Son and He came and He died on that cross for you. And when you believe this, that He took your sins away from you and that restored your relationship back to God. When we have sin in our life, it cuts off our relationship with God. Why? Because it, the Bible tells us. For God cannot look upon sin. So if we have sin, God has to turn His face from us. You mean God would turn His face from me? God turned His face from His own Son. God turned His face from Jesus? Yes, He did. Remember when Jesus was on the cross? He asked a question. He said, My Lord, my Lord, why have you forsaken me? Jesus knew why he had forsaken me, but I think he was showing us something. When God poured out all the sins of the world upon his son, God had to turn his face from Jesus. He could not look upon his own son because all the sins of the world were on him. He represented sin. So, when we sin, and we have sin in our life, and we don't get rid of it, when we have sin in our life, and you, if, you, if you realize and you know it, the moment you know there's sin there, come to Jesus and ask Him to forgive you. He says He will. He says, for He is faithful and just to forgive those who have sinned if we will ask Him. 1 John 1, nine. Read it. If we have sinned, we can come to Jesus and if we ask it in our heart, believing in faith, Lord, forgive me. He said He is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He'll cleanse you from your unrighteousness, just like He did on the cross. You mean, He cleansed me from unrighteousness? Yes. It says that He, <clears throat> excuse me, took our sins away from us by His shed blood and then gave us His righteousness. He traded us His righteousness for our sins. Oh boy, I'll tell you what, I got the best deal out of that. 
And that's what he did because of love. Because of his love. And then it comes to that point that uh, we have to return to God in our faith. But we have to show God, God, I believe you are who you say you are. I believe you're God. I believe Jesus is your son. Lord, I believe my faith is in you. When we can put our faith in God and not doubt God, you will see things happen in your life that you never thought would happen. You'll see signs, miracles, and wonders. That's what the Bible says. Get over in Acts and you find signs, miracles, and wonders. It was the people who truly believed. When they prayed, they believed. When they came to God, they believed and they didn't doubt. And it says that God poured out signs, miracles, and wonders upon those people. He did great and mighty things in their lives because of their faith and their belief in Him. You need something in your life, you're going to have to have faith. You're going to have to believe God. God's looking at your faith. You know, probably one of the biggest problems people face today is discouragement. This time that we're living in, it is so easy to become discouraged. It seems like everything in the world, every time we turn, turn around, something is coming against us. We have a tendency to think that everything, too, when we pray, should happen immediately. I think I was talking to Curtis there the other day at men's breakfast. I, you know, we were talking about I said, you know, and I guess I'm probably one of the worst in the world. I need patience. When I pray, God, I want it now, right now. You know, I don't want to wait. I don't think any of us want to wait. But sometimes, as Curtis and I was talking, that sometimes God uses other people to fulfill the need in our life. And He has to get that other person ready to come into our life to help us. And we don't, we don't realize that. If you will think about it, just think about it. Most of the time when you've needed help and you've needed something to happen in your life, it didn't just appear. Somebody come into your life and blessed you. What happened? God sent them. But he had to get their obedience to go and come to you. So, you know, and sometimes it's, just, it's a little bit of a process that God goes through to help us. You know, you know, I know that we, we, we pray and we wait and we wait some more. And after a while, we're kind of tempted to, to lose our faith. You know, it's kind of like, well, I might as well just give up. I don't think anything's going to happen. Never give up. Always remember, it's in God's time, not ours. It's God's timing. And, you know, just like I've heard and heard, and it's true, it says God's never late, He's never early, but He's right on time. You know, I was, I was listening to a deal. He's been several years ago on TV, and it was this evangelist. And he had borrowed some money, and he was needing that day to make a payment to the bank or he was going to lose everything. He was sitting in his office praying and wondering. This businessman walked into his office and he just took and reached in his pocket, 
took a check out of his pocket and put it on his desk. Paul looked at that check and you will not believe Paul said it defrauded him for it was for the exact amount he needed. This man didn't know what he needed but he made an offering. He made a donation. And it was for the exact amount that he needed. He said he grabbed that check up. He said I'll be back in a minute. He ran. Ran to the bank which is about a block away. Got in there running there slapped it on the desk just a matter of just maybe an hour minutes before that note you see God works in ways that we do not know or understand but God knew what was needed this man was a man of God and Paul said that it, that right there changed his life in his faith and in his beliefs. He said, I prayed and I prayed and I prayed and all of a sudden it happened. You know, many times things happen in our life and you know, we say, well, well that's real life. We just don't stop and think how did it happen? Why did it happen? And who's it from? It's from God. And you know, it, it, it may be a neighbor that helps you. It may be a total, complete stranger. But God sent them into your life to meet the need that you had. God knows what our needs are. He knows what our needs are. And, uh, you know, it tells us in, in the Galatians, <coughs> excuse me, in Galatians chapter 6, verse 9. It says, Let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season or in due time we shall reap if we do not lose faith. Or heart. It said heart, faith, but it's meaning the same thing. If we do not give up, if we do not lose heart, if we do not lose our faith, then we shall reap in due time. what, What is due time? That's God's time. That's the time that God works in. And uh, it, it, uh, many people said, but how do I keep from losing faith when it seems like everything is going so slow? How do I, how do I keep from becoming discouraged? How do I hold on? Well, for one thing, it, you know, we need to remember life is full of difficulties, problems, and I think that's just a normal part of the Christian life. We are going to have problems. You know, many people think that when they accept Christ, boy, all my problems are over, I'll have no more problems. I'm going to tell you right now, your problems are just starting. Why? Because Satan don't want you Walking with Christ, I want you believing in Christ, I want you trusting in Christ. He's going to come against you with everything He can to turn you away from Christ. And believe me, there's been a lot of people that He's turned away from Christ simply because they got discouraged and they didn't want to wait upon God's timing and they they left God. Never, never leave God. 
Sometimes God, let's say, is going on in our life. He's testing our faith. Sometimes He's letting us see, do we really have faith? And sometimes the things we go through shows us ourselves whether we have faith or whether we don't have faith. Many of us think, oh, I've got all the faith in the world. But let something rise up and come against you. All of a sudden you begin to doubt. Is God going to answer? Will God answer? What's God going to do? Is God going to do anything? Do I just need to take care of this myself? I think I'm going to wait on God. I've tried to take care of some things myself and it didn't work out too good. But everything that God has ever done has worked out perfectly. Just like He's supposed to. See, God knows what we're going through. He knows what we're against. And God can take care of it. Just because we are experiencing some things happening in our life, it doesn't mean that you're doing something wrong. A lot of times, you have things come against you because you're doing something right. You're serving God. You're walking with God. And in John chapter 10, verse 10, tells us why. He says, For Satan has come to kill, steal, and to destroy. That's his job. He has come to come against God's people. That's, that's what he wants to do. He wants to, make, he wants to discourage us. He wants to rob us of our faith. He wants to rob us of our love for God. He wants to take all that stuff away. If he could, he'd kill you. It wouldn't bother him one bit. He come to rob, steal, kill, and to destroy. That's what he does. And then Jesus comes in there. He says, yes, he's come to do all these things, but I have come to give you life and to give it to you abundantly. What is abundance? Abundance is really just simply saying overflowing. He wants your life to be overflowing. He wants your cup to be full and overflowing. And he says, I can do that if you will trust in me. You know, John said in John 16.33, Jesus told us that we are going to have problems. But don't doubt him and don't give up. Listen to what he says. Here in, 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 excuse me, in John 16.33, he says, These things I have spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. If you are walking and are in me, I shall give you peace. In the world, you will have tribulation. Tribulation is simply trouble. Problems. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. He says, be of good cheer. If you are in me, I have overcome the world. Therefore, you have overcome to, through me. By walking with me, believing in me, and having faith in me. There will be obstacles and there's going to be problems. We're even going to have enemies out there. You may have some enemies out there that you don't even know about. You may have somebody out there that dislikes you. You may have somebody out there that wants to destroy you. Somebody that don't like you. Why? I have no idea. You probably don't either. 
But we, we all seem like sometimes we have enemies that want to come against us. And a lot of it is many times an enemy wants to come to you because of jealousy of what you're doing. They become jealous of you and they, therefore they have a dislike for you and they talk, talk you down. Oh, look at him. He acts so like a Christian. And they start talking you down simply because of jealousy of how God is blessing you and they're being left out. God does not like jealousy. Envy. A lot of people envy you because of your lifestyle that you are walking with God, that God is blessing you. It seems to them like every time they turn around, you're being blessed, and they say, well, I never get nothing. And it's true. God blesses His people. And, uh, but uh, there will be obstacles, there's going to be problems, but Jesus said to keep our faith to keep our faith. Do not get discouraged. Believe. No, God, I know you're going to take care of this. Now, I don't know how you're going to do it, but I'm putting it in your hands. I, I've tried to handle this and I can't do it. But I'm giving it to you and I'm asking you to take care of it. When you give it to God, let God have it. Don't try to reach and take it back from Him. Because it's going to be in His time, not yours. And many times we want to rush God through things, but like I said, He has to work through others also to bless you. <clears throat> and in 1 John 4, 4, Jesus tells us that His victory is also our victory. Now listen to what He says. He said, You are of God, little children, and have overcome them, overcome your problems, your obstacles, your enemies, and all that stuff coming against you. You've overcome it. Because greater is He that is in you than he who is in the world. Who's in you? The very Spirit of God Himself. The Holy Spirit is inside of you. <coughs> Walking with you, working for you, leading you, guiding you, directing you, comforting you. That's what the Holy Spirit does. He's reminding you of things that Jesus said. He said, for the Holy Spirit shall remind you of all things that Jesus has said. The promises. But do you realize too, you have to get in the Word of God to see what those promises are? And the Holy Spirit will remind you when the time comes and you need those promises, those words will rise up in you and you'll speak them out. The Holy Spirit working in you will do wonderful, wonderful things. I have had a, some, a couple experiences with the Holy Spirit that I, you know, I won't talk about, but I was talking to a man one time and I don't know, he just, the Holy Spirit just come up on me and told me to tell this man something. And I told him. He looked at me. He said, how did you know this? You don't even know me. I said, no, I don't know you, but I know God. And God told me to tell you this. This young man, he had such a foul mouth on him. Every word that came out of his mouth was a curse word, vulgarness, 
that was just that's the way he talked, that's the way he spoke. We was in an elevator, and there were several people and everything. You know, I just have to look at him and say, "Would you mind holding that vulgar talk down to at least we can get off this elevator?" He kind of looked at me, and, and that's when I told him what I told him. And after I told him this, he he had tears. He, said, he this was his everyday walk. This is how he talked every day. He probably didn't even know or realize. What he was saying, it was just something every day that come out of his mouth. And I run into him again, small week or so later, at the same place. I'll tell you, what, we was in the Bash Towers downtown, Fort Worth. We was on the elevator, and he looked at me and said, "I want to thank you." He said, "Thank me he said, for telling me the other day what I needed to hear, for speaking up." and telling me about my lifestyle and how I needed to change it. He said, and I am changing it. And I said, well, God bless you. And that's the last time I ever seen him. I don't know. I hope he accepted Christ into his life. But that's something we have to do. We also have to plant a seed in somebody's life you may not see that seed grow or anything, but when you plant that seed, just put it in God's hands. Let God do the water. Let God grow that seed. Maybe somebody else will come along and say something to him that will be just exactly what he needed to hear, and he'll say yes to God. Never give up. Never. Don't worry about speaking up and saying what, what God says. And you know, it said uh, here, uh, I th- our faith in God makes a huge difference in times of trouble. Your faith in God makes a huge difference in your life when that trouble comes into, into, into your life. It, uh, here David wrote in Psalms 27, 13. Listen to what David said. Now, y'all know that David, it's, it, matter of fact, it said that David was a man after God's own heart. God loved David, but David had a lot of problems. David was always seemed like he was getting into trouble. Something going on in his life. But God never forsook him. Now God had to reprimand David. He had to send somebody to talk to David to get David to repent. But God loved him enough that he did this. And we should hope that if we get into a position that somebody will walk into our life and say, you need to repent. That's what Nathan did to David. When David had his affair with Bathsheba and they had a child, the child died. This was something that God caused because of sin. This child was born in sin and he was uh, going to be raised in sin. So God took the child home. You know, it says that until a child reaches what we call the age of accountability, that that child, if something happens, goes home to be with God. Until that person knows the difference between right and wrong, that child knows God. When he gets that, about that age, that he's, a, he's held accountable. And each, and each child has a different age. Each child, one may mature faster than another. But when God knows, 
when that, when that child is mature enough and should accept Christ. All these little aborted babies, I'll guarantee you, they're with Jesus Christ right now. These little babies that born dead, they're with Jesus Christ. If you had a child that was born, you're going to see that child again. David made the statement. He says, I know that the child cannot come back to me, but I can go to him. David said, I'll see him again in heaven. Our faith plays a whole lot, but listen to what this says. It said, God makes huge difference in times of trouble. And David wrote this in Psalms 27, 13. He said, I would have lost all heart or all faith unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of God in the land of the living. He knew that God was going to bless him. He knew he was going to see God's blessings. He knew God was going to come into his life. He knew that God was going to meet his needs. And he was giving God praise. You know, I think that's where a whole lot of us make a mistake. When... We pray. Do you believe? Okay, let me ask you this. When you pray, do you believe that God will answer your prayer? Do you believe that you have a relationship with God that God will answer your prayer? If you do, you know what you need to do? When you get through praying, start praising and thanking God for His answer that's on the way. You're showing your faith. I prayed, I know you heard me, and I know the answer is on the way, and I'm giving you praise, and I'm giving you thanks right now, for my faith and my trust is in you. Watch what happens. Now that really helps God. When He sees our faith and our trust is in Him, God wants to meet your needs. He wants to answer your prayers. <coughs> and... Uh, if you believe that God is faithful, that He is good, that He is for you, that He loves you, you'll keep your faith. You won't lose it. You won't just just haphazardly say, I don't believe it's going to happen. I'm not going to trust God in this. I'll just take care of it myself. That'd be the worst mistake you could make. Like I said a while ago and earlier, that faith is very important in serving God. Faith is so important in serving God. <clears throat> in Hebrews 11.6, now this is what I kind of said a while ago. It says, without faith, it is impossible to please Him or to please God. For he that comes to God... When you come to God praying, it says, you must believe that He is, that He is God. And that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. Does God see you in this fashion? Does God know that you believe in Him? Does He know that when you come to Him, you believe that He is going to answer your prayer. 
You know, faith involves, we saw it right up here, faith involves believing three things. I don't know if you caught it or not. That God exists, that God is God, that God is rewarder of those who believe, and that God will reward you when you diligently seek Him. What does diligently seeking God mean? Well, how do I diligently seek God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength? Nothing is more important than you coming to God. Nothing can stop you. Nothing can keep you from praying. Nothing can take away your faith. Nothing can make you not believe because you know who God is and you're trusting in Him. Faith is the confidence. This is faith. It's another word too. But this is just a little simpler. Faith is the confidence we have in believing that the things that we have not yet seen will happen just the way God said they would. Believing that what God said will happen just like His Word said they would. That's faith. Of course, in Hebrews 11.1, 1, there's another little deal. Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. It's about the same thing. You're praying, you're believing, you're not doubting. Even though you don't see it, you know it's on its way. That's faith. Let's believe in God. Faith involved, like I said, faith, uh, <coughs> excuse me, faith, like I said, is the confidence in believing. You have to have confidence that God will do exactly what He said He'll do. You believe He will. You're not doubting Him. And you know it's going to happen. So when you start feeling discouraged, sometimes you just need to shift your focus from the problem and look to God's power that is already working in you. What power is working in me? What did we read a while ago? What power do you have working in you? You have the Holy Spirit. You have the very Spirit of God on the inside of you already working on your behalf. <coughs> when you truly believe you will see God's goodness in your life, when you truly believe then you will not lose your faith but you will know what you have asked for, what you need, it's on its way. Don't doubt God. Hebrews 2 tells us, <coughs> for the Word of God is quick. The Word of God is quick. Here, quick simply means alive. That's what quick means. When we quit, see, uh, when God quickens something to me, He has made something alive to me. It's like it's living on the inside of you. That's what quick means in the Bible. It means alive. It says, for the Word of God is quick, or alive, and powerful, and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow. It is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. God's Spirit is alive and working on the inside of you. 
We have to believe it. You, know, you, you probably have and you may not even have noticed it, but sometimes when God's Spirit is working in you, you ever feel kind of jittery, kind of, oh man, oh man this is great. You know, I mean, I mean, that's the Spirit of God encouraging you. You're going to feel that Spirit. That Spirit is not just something dormant laying there. It's alive. And it's on the inside of you. And you should get excited. You should start praising God. I don't care if you have to get out in the middle of the floor and start dancing and praising God or whatever you do. They said, dancing? You will remember when the ark came back to Jerusalem, David was there. It said that he pulled off all his clothes except just the ephod underneath them. And it said, what did it say? And David started dancing wildly and giving praise to God because the ark was back in Jerusalem where it was supposed to be. He was excited. How excited do you get when God moves in your life? Do you get excited enough to praise Him? Do you get excited enough to thank Him? Do you get excited enough just to jump around? Whatever it takes to let God know, hey, I see how... His wife, Mike, she said, David, you look like an idiot out there dancing around. That made God so mad at her, she could never have children. She was putting down David's excitement because he was excited about what God was doing. God gets excited too when, when we're faithful. And when we give Him praise, it's coming from the heart. God is excited about that. Like I said a while ago, the Word of God is alive and powerful. It brings life and power to us every time we read it or hear it. When you read God's Word, do you ever get excited what you read? Or is it, oh, oh, that's so interesting. Oh, yeah. Or do you get excited? Look what God just said to me. And God, I know that God said that nothing will go out of His mouth and return to Him void, but it will accomplish that which He spoke. When He speaks to you, it's going to accomplish that which He spoke in your half, on your behalf. You ought to get excited. Oh, Lord, thank you, thank you, thank you. I love you, Lord. Thank you for what you're going to do. Thank you for the way you've changed my life. No matter what's going on in your life, just keep filling yourself with God's Word. I think that's where we make a mistake. Whenever things are not going real good, we quit reading God's Word. When things are not going real good, we all say about getting closer to God. Read that Word. Get that Word on the inside of you. That Word, what did we say a while ago? It was quick. It was alive, active, and powerful. And we need that on the inside of us. No matter what's going on, keep filling yourself with God's Word. Read that Word. Meditate on that Word. Get that Word down into your heart so that it is reflected in your words and in the things you do. Is God's words reflected in your words when you speak? The people know you're a Christian. They should. We need to get in the habit of reading the Bible daily. 
Maybe when you get up in the morning with your cup of coffee, read a couple of, of uh, chapters or one chapter, a few scriptures, whatever you're comfortable with doing, just the time that will allow you. Maybe get uh, the audio CDs or something. Maybe at night, play some there and sit there and listen to them before you go to bed. Or driving, going to work or whatever. Listen to God's Word. Get that Word down in you. Many times, you know, many times we fail to pick up our Bible through the week to see what God's Word says. What's God, maybe God's got something He wants to say to you and we don't, we don't get to His Word. We don't know what God wants to tell us because we're not reading it. I kind of like a deal that said there. said, don't claim that God is silent when you don't open your Bible. Don't claim that God doesn't speak when you don't open your Bible. That's how a lot of times God talks to you. It's through His Word in the Bible. He will direct you a lot of times to certain scriptures to read because there's something there He wants you to see. Just some of God's Word in your heart can make a difference of how you feel and how you act. Get that Word in you. Get that Word to move in. You strengthen yourself in the Lord by reminding yourself of what the Scriptures are saying. You know, and there's many times, if you're not sure about something, well, maybe there's just a little something that I'm not sure about. Why don't you just ask God? God, what are you saying to me here? What is it you're trying to tell me? And if you will look in the book of Jeremiah, chapter 33, verse 3, it tells us something. It's, this is God talking. And He says, Call upon me and I will answer you. Call upon me and I will answer you and I will show you great and mighty things that you did not know. God wants to talk to you. God wants to show you things. He wants to answer what you need to know. And sometimes it might be right through His Word in the Bible. But if you don't open that Bible, you're not going to know what it is. You know, it just... Uh, and the Bible reminds us that God Himself said this. He said in Hebrews 13.5, God said, I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. What do you mean He'll never leave me? What do you mean? Again, He has filled you, when you accepted Jesus Christ, He has filled you with the Holy Spirit. That Holy Spirit goes with you wherever you go. That Holy Spirit is not going to leave you, but it's going to be there working on the inside of you, leading you, guiding you, directing you, comforting you, doing whatever He needs to do to get you where you need to be. He's not going to leave you forsake you because His Spirit living on the inside of you. God's telling us, not only will I never physically leave you, but my heart also will never turn away from you. God's heart will never turn away from you. He will never leave you. You, you can know and be encouraged that when God says never, He means never. I'll never leave you. 
That means whatever happens, he will always be with you. You know, God has not left us or forsaken us, and he says he never will. In Proverbs 4.23 says, Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of the heart flow the issues of life. Out of the heart flow the issues of life. <coughs> Keep your heart pure. Keep your heart to God. Keep guarding your heart from the things of this world. This world, the things in this world will destroy you if you let them get in. Continue sowing the Word of God and doing good and let yourself not grow weary in doing good. He says when you do good, that, uh, <coughs> excuse me, that, that you will reap what you've sown in due time. Again, in God's time. He's going to bless you and what you've done. God's true to His Word. While, while you may not always understand everything that happens in your life, you will reap a harvest if you do not lose faith. Has anybody been close to losing faith in God? Had things happen? God, I don't know if you care or not. That's probably one of the most foolish questions you could ask God. God, do you care about me? He said, if I didn't care, I wouldn't have sent my one and only son to die on a cross for you. No, God cares. I'm going to ask the band to come up and say, we're going to close. If you're here today, if you need prayer to, you know, there was a man that had a son. They called him a lunatic. Kept throwing himself in the fire, or the devil kept him in the fire. This and that. They asked the disciples to pray for him. They couldn't do it. Jesus came, and Jesus said, This takes faith. This takes faith. Jesus prayed for him and the devil left the young man, never bothered him again and the disciples asked, why could we not do this? Oh, ye of little faith. Faith is very important to God. It's very important to God. He looks at our faith. He works, he works on our behalf by the faith we have. But I like what this, this, this little boy's father said. He looked at Jesus and said, Help me in my faith. That's a pretty good prayer. Help me, Lord, in my faith. You ever ask Jesus for help with your faith? He'll be glad to help you. He loves you. He wants to be part of your life. And you're the only one that can invite him in to do what he needs to do in your life. So if you're here today, maybe you've got a prayer, Lord, I need help in my faith. Or, Lord, I need more faith. Lord, I need a closer walk with you. Could you help me do that? 
If this is you today, I'd ask you to come down to the altar. I'll pray with you. If you need more faith, God wants to fill you to overflowing. He wants faith to flow out of you so others can see it. Or they, where others can see Him in you. Can others see God in you? Have you ever asked yourself that question? How do other people see me? Do they see God in me? Do they see my love for God? There's a word coming out of my mouth. Am I giving God praise? Do they know from what my lifestyle truly is? We can have one lifestyle in here and we can have another lifestyle out there. What's your lifestyle? Is it God? Nobody can make This is between you and God. You and God only. I can't pray for you. Your kids, your family can't pray for you. This is between you and God. You have to yourself say, Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. I ask you to forgive me my sins and to come into my life and be my Lord and be my Savior. Nobody can do it for you. If you need to come to the altar today, if you just just need to say, Lord, thank you for what you've done in my life. He'd like to hear that from you. He'd like to know you're thankful. If you just need prayer, I'll be glad to pray with you, anoint you with oil. Now, there's not very many in here, but you know what Jesus said, where two or more are gathered in my name, my presence is there. His presence is here today. Even though the place isn't full, God is here. So it's up to you. So if you need prayer or you need to pray, now's your chance.